to episode six of Inside the Table, a tabletop RPG show. A show in which we talk about the craft of making tables. I'm Marley. You can follow me at minor underscore Lenahan, and my pronouns are he, him. And joining me today is my co-host. Hi, I'm Cole, aka Ice Cold Brew. You can follow me on Twitter at Ice Cold Brew, and my pronouns are he, him, they, them. Today, we are talking about uh, uh, quick setups in tabletop games. But first... Cole, what has been inspiring you lately? Honestly, I've I've been very inspired by um, Moulin Rouge recently. I actually got to see that on Sunday with some friends, and uh, the musical numbers were really great. It was very impactful at the Roxanne scene. I had never seen it before, and it was very fun. Um, people made references that uh, Ewan McGregor count. Uh, uh, counterpart lo- like a uh, love interest in Moulin Rouge is also why they gave Sabine and the Clone Wars the name Sabine. Really? Mm-hmm. Or Satine. Satine. That's her name. That's wild. Because that's that's um. Who's the actress? I Nicole Kidman. Don't. I think so. And also, Ian McGregor back then, such a baby face. Yeah. Just a. Just a lo- just such a baby. He's such a baby boy. He's still that in my mind. I don't know what it is. Just like him from that time is just frozen in my brain. Baby with a beard. <laughs> yeah. Like whenever I see him having wrinkles, I'm just like, what happened to my baby boy? <laughs> what have they done to my baby boy? God. They did such a good job of making him look old and upset in Kenobi. Yeah. I mean, I think he's just old and upset because it's 2022 and he's making a, a film, which... A television show, mm-hmm. which was probably hard to do, but yeah, uh, Nicole I, Kidman. I got to watch Moulin Rouge, and it gave me ideas for characters for like Blades in the Dark and motivations and such. Um, really, yeah, because like, so one of the vices you can have is you can have a vice of let them go to the theater that counts a luxury, mm-hmm. or if you really want to like uh, get really entangled. Have a pleasure yeah. vice where you are dating like the lead star in a, a burlesque show or a yeah. uh, an lead actor actress, and get entangled in that. And then you know the ex- other entanglements is there are nobles or highborn that ha- uh, have uh, the love interest locked on their site, and then you have mm. to deal with that. And you know. I... And the- I would love that. I've never seen anything like that. It's generally just like, oh, I'm, I, I, I do, I do boxing. It's not like I have a relationship that sort of keeps me going, and they're like, you know, engaged to a jealous duke or something. Oh yeah, no. One of uh, the characters in Fire in the Dark, she has a new, a secondary vice now, where mm. she is dating one of the owners of the casino she used to frequent. Okay, and um. There's always this thought in the back of her mind that she is only seen as, like, her character is only seen as arm candy and will be dropped in the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Which is always a fun thing to play with. That's cool. Oh, yeah. It's exciting. It's interesting to see that dynamic, and I'm very excited for when we get a chance to play that more in the future. Yeah. Uh, um... Outside of that... um. Got to watch my partner get her ass kicked in Mario Kart live on stream. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, inspirational. 
honestly, I I always struggle with Mario Kart. It's like one of those games that I look at it and I'm like, it's it's so simple. Like, what could be so difficult about it? But whenever I play, I'm inevitably lost, and I'm like, this game sucks. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. So no, exactly, it's so hard. It's actually way harder than you think it is because it's so simple. Yeah. What about you, Marley? What are you up to? Me, I've been doing completely different things. I've been like. I don't know what it is. It's just like, I think when we first started recording um, Inside the Table, Tabletop RPG Talk Show, uh, we sort of, I think we mutually sort of said that we we weren't big fans of like reading through books and this kind of thing, but like sitting down and forcing myself to read like two like tabletop books has made me like want to read again. So it's almost like a reverse inspiration. And um, I basically picked up uh, Embed with Games, which is E-M-B-E-D. Uh, with games uh, by Kara Ellison, who is um, a former uh, games journalist and current um, uh, game designer. And what she basically did was, I think in like 2015, I'm not really sure of the year, I think 2015 and 2016, it was like shortly after, uh, shortly after the whole um, uh, Gamergate kind of thing. Oh, uh, yeah and it's like it's like a very interesting book because it's about like her basically like having been uh having written for a bunch of different like like uh publications like the guardian like rock paper shotgun like vice um uh, she was just like i want to do something that they haven't really done in games journalism because there's no real funding for it which is basically uh do the almost famous uh thing and uh uh basically go to stay with the the game designer it's just like people used to stay with like rock stars or something and so she just like spent a year sleeping on the couches of of like you know various indie game designers um and like uh just like talk with them just hang out with them like there's a chapter where she hangs out with like harvey smith as he was like working on um i think I don't know what, what, what timeline this was. This was after Dishonored, but probably like in the lead up to Dishonored 2. Um, she doesn't mention all that sort of stuff, but just like talks about like stuff he's worked on in the past. Um, and it's it's fascinating. Like I'm only I'm only a couple chapters in. Um, and it's very interesting because it's very much a photograph of a specific like time and place. And like just sort of like I'm waiting for something to come up, like some of the people who was like a very controversial figure nowadays who was just mm-hmm. like seen as was working. Like they talked about Steve Gaynor from, uh, um, from uh, Fulbright, I believe the com- uh, company was. And Steve Gaynor, I think is, is kind of shitty. I want to double check that, but I believe that is true. Um, and it's sort of like, it's so interesting seeing like the perspective of 2016 and seeing like a sort of strange network of people and just sort of like, I'm already really, really, really interested in like, you know, the various circles of like uh, game journalists who became like um, game developers or other things. Like, I know I'm like I'm waiting for Austin Walker to turn up because this is like, this is just before he, uh, uh, I think it's just around the time he joined Giant Bomb. Yeah, um, twenty that around that time sounds about right. 2015, 2016, and then he started Vice in 2017. Mm-hmm. And like now he's a game developer, and like I remember uh, Austin Walker had a, had a um, anecdote about Cara Ellis and how she was like the first uh, person to 
like recognize him at a party and she was like oh my god it's austin walker and he was like no one has ever done this for me before but she was like reading his writing being really interested in it um oh that's fascinating and yeah and so it's just like it's really great it's also really great reading kara's writing because it's great like her big inspiration for the book was like hunter s thompson who is um a strange person um in a number of ways sucks a lot but like a really interesting and great sort of like you know gonzo journalist kind of thing and it's it's great seeing like Kara Ellison's very personal sort of takes on all these people and like some of the people she interviews like she she admires and is just like really interested in but doesn't like and whenever she goes to a new city she like describes it in these like amazing like this amazing like writing style that I'm just like I want to this is amazing I should I want to write something like this or like r- read more stuff like this um and yeah I'm I'm it's it's currently very cheap it's I think it's just uh she's just been able to publish it so it's currently available on storybundle.com/games where there is like a thing where you can donate um uh to them and like decide like where the money goes and if you Ooh. do that you get like I think how many books like one two three four five six seven eight nine i'm not really sure i think like nine mm. books you get a lot you get boss fight books by sebastian deck uh deccan oh wait whoops yeah um yeah, boss fight books. game dev stories yeah boss fight books is in there uh the secret history of mac gaming dialogue box oral histories of video games like you get a lot yeah, and it's just like I I literally cuz I I've, I've been so one of the reasons I've I done this I've done this podcast was a podcast by Cara Ellison and Davey Reardon who who worked on um Stanley Parable and a bunch of things and oh, Cara shit. Ellison and Davey Reardon worked on a a great podcast called The Inspirational Qu- Quarterly where they read uh like three pages of of StarCraft Ghost Nova this like novelization of this kind of bad book I guess uh, and they just basically like they read like a page and then spent thirty minutes like talking about potential like it's very funny it was like potential like weird things like a weird sentence came up and like all right how do we make this make sense like and and so yeah so I was just basically really brought on board by like listening to that podcast and it's so interesting just to like go like I wanted like know more about like what car car has worked on in the past and yeah. And it's it's I'm really excited for that one. So check that that book out. I'll put a link in the in the description. Um, and yeah. So Marley, what have you been checking out so far? And I, I know we've talked about a couple games or some games that we've been thinking about. Oh hey, yes, I recognize one of the names on one of these games you've been talking about. Yes. Um. So so we uh one of the one of the games uh, uh I've checked out this week, basically. I don't know what it is about August, but there's a bunch of sort of like Kickstarters and Indiegogo things happening. And um, so I basically went out and tried to read as many of them as possible. Um, and so I basically went and, and checked out uh, Ryan by Adam Dixon and Thryn Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um, they work together as uh, Furtive Shambles. Um, and uh, yeah, so they're they're a member of the Role Plus Bond community uh, where we we sort of played games at and um i've been like i i found out about this game like on that thing and uh basically adam i think posted something about like oh i'm working on this like kind of i'm working on this game um Mm -hmm. it's uh kind of shadow of the colossus uh meets uh the banner saga 
yeah. meets like a bunch of other things. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'll check it out. And then Adam Dixon like linked a podcast that that <laughs> they had been recording for like literal, I think, years at that point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy crap. And I checked it out. And it's this like amazing thing. Um, I was absolutely blown away by it. It's it's so unlike a lot of things. Like I know I kind of come back to this a lot, but there are like so many so many games that I'm just like, where do you get the inspiration for this? Because like I there's a lot of people on the internet and they like like enjoy a lot of different media that I mm-hmm. normally wouldn't. Um and it's great. It's like it's very like sort of community focused. It's very uh it's very sort of like the 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 stats you roll with aren't like run and jump and punch and kick. It's like literally how are you feeling in the moment? It is like are you overconfident? And if you're overconfident, you roll like negative two because it doesn't really help. Or you roll plus two because whenever you're overconfident, you're really good at it stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's so interesting. Like, um, Yeah, that part fascinated me. I And I think they've been working on this since like 2018, 2019. Yes. It, it, it's interesting to me because like, you know, I remember hearing like bits and pieces of it. And... Um, you know, you'll see mentions of it from time to time, and then, hey, I think I have something I can play on. Let's, can I get a few people playing? You know, see those rooms pop up. I didn't have time. I was working three jobs at that point. Mm-hmm. But you would just, like, hear all the stories and such and get more and more fascinated by it. And now, it's here. It's an Indiegogo. Yeah. It's, okay, and, and like, like... So so all right I want to I have like this this one sentence that I've just had it floating around my head as I was sort of reading through it which is that like this game is like taking a deep breath like it is we we play so many games and whenever I talk about a lot of games I feel like I explain the rules a million miles a minute I like sort of jump through it and I'm just like okay you're like blaze the dog there's like high scoring blah, blah 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 but this game is like literally when I read read it I'm just like okay I'm slowing down um it is it is a book that feels like you absolutely should like flip through the pages and like like check out rules and not that that's a bad thing not that it like needs a quick start sheet because it's like it feels like a different pace to most other games which is a really interesting experience um i really enjoy like reading through it um because like it is a game where you sort of like feel your feelings and like sort of think deeply about things and and do this and i've i don't know like like it has like a lot of rules that i feel that like I kind of got a grip on, but I'm like I should probably like get more familiar with it. But I also mm-hmm. feel like if I ever played this game, which I would really like to, um, is a thing where I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna flip through, I'm gonna check out, you know, how stitching works. And the way stitching works is if you roll two dice that match, you add a stitch to a, uh, you add a stitch to an emotion or to a uh a, a stat and it's basically kind of like damaging them in a way and then when you damage them there is like a number of different things that can happen like you can gain a belief you can gain a promise you can gain lingering you can gain ruin you can gain oath you can gain restraint and you can advance them discard them focus the emotion and it's just like there's a lot of things it is it is very much like a powered by the apocalypse book um which to give people background on Powered by the Apocalypse, um, it is a book where you have like a list of moves that you do. Like if mm-hmm. you want to do a fight, you roll hack and slash, 
or if you want to like um you know convince someone you roll the convince move and it has very specific things about if you roll a certain number on the dice this is what you do but you're yeah. always referring back to that and it's um this game has been in development for a while and so it is like it feels like it's it's like a remnant to i mean the the, the gods in this game is kind of like the remnant thing but it's like it's like a game from long ago and it's interesting like i do worry maybe it is maybe it is a bit like a lot of people would like a faster faster paced game but like i don't know it's like i i like seeing a game that is slower i like seeing a game where you sort of like read it and you have to feel it and like if you don't quite know the rules it's okay to go back um it's very sort of forgiving in that way um I, yeah. I think it's I think it's really interesting you say I you don't know if people would like slower games because I think there are plenty of those games that are slower. Uh ritual games, there's Yazibo's Bed and Breakfast, which is very much like very slow, kind of earned conversations. Uh hmm. I would even say like uh games like Firebrands can be very slow paced, especially if you think about Stew yeah. Pot, where you need to know what kind of tone the scene is going to be. I need to sit and stew in the scene mm. pun not intended there but you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing i really want to shout out about uh the play kit material that comes out as well too is they give you a story seed that breaks down like hey if this is your first time playing like wanting to play this game great in the mm. play kit itself uh they actually say hey if you want to hear the game being played here's a direct link to yeah. what you need uh all, all this good kind of information I love seeing in play kids of here's feedback form, here's a Discord community, yes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, one thing that like really stands out with the story seed as a like setup is it asks you to like consider what kind of people are being there. It tells you straight up you are going to explore a area, a territory that has uh that is going to be undergoing a huge unchangeable event and it's going to impact because you are playing in a world of gods. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really fascinating. I really need to play this game. If there's a lot of games I need to play, let's be real here. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, one of the things that, like, I love about, like, doing this podcast is that, like, I, I'm, I have a better understanding of all the different, like, like games that are sort of coming out now. But I'm just like, I got to run all of these. And, mm -hmm. like, I'm, <laughs> it's really hard to. It's so hard. Um, uh, I will say in regards to like the the gods and stuff like it's each of the playbooks have like a thing where you like you define like the game strongly encourages players to define the world like the the GM who is who is actually the fates um is is basically a person who sort of like collaborates with with players and does this sort of thing but like the world building is very much like in that and like depending on your playbook you can like there's the one playbook which is the guide who like one of their introductions as they like sort of like introduce their characters they answer some questions and they decide like who is the remnant the big giant like dying like falling apart god that lives in like their home territory and like what's your relationship with that and you build up cool factions and you do this kind of thing and only once you've done all that you're just like all right what's my relationship with the other players and it's just like it's 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 tremendous and it's just like it's so interesting because it's just like what is this playbook interested in 
like what is this the story that this playbook exists to tell um and then how do you like add like story elements such as like rival factions or or like remnants or like the landscape they exist to like enhance the like kind of game that the player is after um yeah sorry i got so, really stuck on the stitch and patch part of the rules when because i was going to go down to the guide and i stopped right there and i really need to play this game now this is- yeah oh it's i also i love the language just because it does have stuff like it's it's stitching it's it's this you're you're making like you're making a a quilt of a of a landscape you're like sort of changing things and whenever you like do certain things it's just like got this very like lyrical and very like almost like material in like both mm-hmm. ends of the words and that it's real and then it's also like it is a material um and it's it's so fun and it's just like I like it. It's 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 like the whole thing how things become like tense because you have too many stitches in it. It's like getting very like tight and like bad things happen when that kind of happens. Um and yeah, and then there's also like a thing with I'm um, again, I'm just skimming through pages and like finding really fun things. There's like with the playbooks there's gear, which is pick 3 pieces of gear. One ceremonial, one entrusted to you, one yours truly. And so you have a list of gear, and then you add a relationship to that uh, that random item. And it's just like, that's such an interesting thing. It's like so much more interesting than like, oh, I have a plus one sword. It's like, mm-hmm. I have a plus one sword that was truly mine. Like, I made this. Or I have a plus one sword that is just cer- ceremonial. And it's just like, I love the emotion they sort of like entwine into all these little things. And... It's just great to read. I think like the the playbook is available for free. Uh, the the starting kit, if you want to like check that out, um, it's on the itch.io page. Uh, the uh, I think it's Adam Dixon's. So a d t i d i dot itch.io slash ryan. Um. Uh, also, full disclosure, I have I have basically backed this uh, Kickstarter. Um. I haven't shared anything that wasn't publicly available. Um. But I'm understanding that there are basically going to be like a bunch more rules in the final thing um, that there weren't in the play kit. But like the playbook, play kit is like 50 pages long. It's surprisingly robust, um, and it includes like uh, story seeds. Like some of uh, that's what I was going to say. One of the things with the story seeds is that it says like if you want to have a slow campaign, like if you want to have like an idea of what this game is like, here is a four session adventure. And it's not like it's not like a quick one shot where you're just like, okay, you got 20 minutes, let's play this. It's like, okay, if you want to play this game, sit down for four sessions. Like I'm sure you could probably play it in one session. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that um Adam Dixon played with uh Jeff Stormer, did like a one shot Yeah. On Party of One Pod. Yeah, the Party of One Pod, uh playing like a GM list version of the game, um, which I haven't listened to yet, but I would like to listen to. Mm-hmm. And um, they apparently went through the whole story there. Um, but like, I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm intrigued by the idea of of a game that is like, okay, sit down and play this for four sessions. This is this is how you like get into this game. And it's like you don't have to rush it. You don't have to do this whole thing. Take this amount of time and play through the story. And again, with the modern times, that might be difficult to like commit to. But like, I don't know. I'm 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 
interested in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, I have a document that tells me what else. I can rely upon that. Yeah. Uh, you have this game by uh, Cillian and uh, Nick? Yes. So, so the other game I have been checking out um, is a game called uh well, called blood clot which is b l o b l o d c l o t e so it's mm-hmm. french i guess um <laughs> i remember uh, looking by, at this game yeah it's it's okay this is a challenging one this is this is by Cillian l um and uh nick duff known as uh at uh, duff hounds on twitter mm-hmm. um yeah uh, one thing about Nick Duff, Nick Duff, last I checked, is a part of the podcast group, uh, Real Fantasy Encounters. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, they did. S- so far, I know they've done Scum and Villainy, Mask, I think one of their latest seasons was uh, Heart-inspired as well. That's cool. Yeah. I think. I um, need to double check, but I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm getting traction on the Airbud becoming an esports player. <laughs> okay that's a reference to the end of the podcast thing probably yep. <laughs> but yeah um yeah no I, yeah he, so he still works on real fancy encounters i believe oh cool um but yeah it's it's so so that makes sense because pardon me um uh blood clot is a, a resistance game like one of the things that is coming up is um with the a lot of the games we're talking about today, they are like the different systems. Like we have a, a Power Bay Apocalypse game, uh, we have a Resistance game, um, and then a coming up soon a Blades in the Dark. No, what's it called? Forge, Forge in, the in the Dark game. We technically have two. Um, technically two. Well, we'll come to it. We'll come to it. We'll yeah. come to it. Uh, but Blood Clot sort of stands out for me because it is. Extremely, it's an extremely different take on um, on the resistance game, such as uh, could be found in um, in uh, uh, what's the bloody game that we talked about a bunch, uh, Fathom. Um, so in Fathom, it is it is a resistance game with some mechanics from uh, Force in the Dark games. Um, and what's really interesting about Blood Clot is it's a medical drama. It is like it is it is it is a like a eighteenth century kind of like gothic era uh medical drama where you're mm-hmm. like ho- like uh hospital workers in like a war torn like world there are vampires there are fae there are undead um and you're basically in this spooky hospital. And instead of having roles where you're just like, all right, I'm going to punch and kick them again, um, as I've said, these games have things like nurse or like um, investigate. And like they're very specifically isn't anything that is like combat. And so like you're basically playing this game with like, it's like a different genre to like a lot of the the resistance games that exist. Like um, I know that you know Spire, I think was the first big one by um, uh, Grant Howard and Christopher Taylor. 
where it is essentially like you know your your i think i don't know if they explicitly list them as terrorists or like you know revolutionaries or whatever but it's like you're that and then there's um heart the city beneath where you're like classic dungeon delvers and you're always fighting um and it's like a very specific genre and like what i was really interested with blood clot is it's like okay this is like er or this is like um like house this is like a medical drama where like instead of like fighting past like a, a difficult place to go you're like trying to help a patient and it's like you have to get certain resources like you can like roll nurse to get them through a patch um but eventually you get to like i forget what, it, what they call it exactly um but there's like there's there's points where you're just like okay i have to get this person you know like a, a specific like tool to heal them or a specific thing mm-hmm. they're missing um and uh so you have to like go out and get that but you don't get that by like fighting people you get that by like sneaking or or like or like trying to convince people or try and like go up to the head of department just be like please give me this um i said sneaking i don't think you sneak um and then like when you heal a patient completely uh as opposed to like most resistance games uh when you heal a patient completely you like you heal all your your stresses and all these things like it all goes away because everything's great you've done your job and you feel like immediately helped because you've helped a person damn it and um i love it it's it's such an interesting way of looking at it um and there's like things like you can have like instead of having so so um half half the city beneath has like uh domains which are like whatever area you're sneaking through where it's just like okay i'm in the tunnels so i get the burrowing domain or whatever if i'm in like a a village i get the the haven domain if i'm in a cursed place i get the cursed in this game instead of having that they have like the the ward you work in and so you have like a diagnostic ward, a diagnostics ward or like a you know the morgue or something like that and it's like you basically get like you create it as part of your major advances so like whenever you do something really big you like create like this thing and that sort of defines like what your expertise is and it's like and it's it's great because you build up a hospital in that way by like adding different things to it um and yeah it's 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 a really interesting game it is currently in playtest i should also disclose that i got this game um through joining the playtest although it is also publicly available um and it's it's interesting i i should also say that it is um intentionally extremely like if you have issues with like doctors and about like medical descriptions and about like wounds it does say that this is kind of what the game is about um i'm sure there is like it it has the standard like sort of um uh uh like safety uh uh safety tools in place so that like if someone has an issue with uh you know like blood or anything like this it can be like kind of like we can put a veil over that or whatever but it's just like saying like this is the kind of game where it does talk about those kind of things um and like i'm i'm extremely interested in playing this i think i i am going to be a part of a uh play test with the designer of the game nick um and yeah, and it's 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 going to be kind of interesting because like my initial impulse is just like this looks gross. Um, uh, in particular, like there is a really great cover by uh, 
Cy Sweetman, I believe. I want to double con- I want to confirm that one. Um, yeah, Simon Sweetman. Um, mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah, at Cy F Sweetman. Um, we just look at that and it's just like, oh god, this is gross and it's gothic and it's like, it's the it's like the worst parts of Bloodborne as I always come back to. I really like that as a reference. Um, and uh, I think that it's it's interesting because like this is the first game the resistance game that i've come across where it's like very explicitly like non-combat it's it's like you solve the issue explicitly with other means um and yeah i'm 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 extremely excited about this Mm -hmm. um it is available i think currently for i think 16 us dollars um although yes i invite you to to join the playtest and so like help it be like you know give your thoughts and do this kind of thing um or just like check it out it's it's a really interesting game um to like sort of check out and sort of keep an eye on because it's just like that's a wild direction for this to go on the idea of like exploring other genres um of of the sparked by the resistance system so yeah we have the adventuring party that turns out being gothic horror we have the sparked by resistance literally being revolutionaries and kind of forged in the dark ish yeah but still having those tones of horror in there and then the only other one i can think of is ascendancy where uh you are cyborgs uh trying to prove that your existence is worth it yeah and it's it's so interesting because like the resistance system the the core mechanic is like when you do things there is a high like chance you will basically like build up stress in various aspects like you mm-hmm. get debt you'll get like harmed you'll get like mental stress you'll get like you know all the games have different sort of things but like it like fits in so perfectly with so many different genres that i haven't like seen around like again like medical drama is perfect for this because it's just like it seems incredibly stressful working at a hospital <laughs> like um and like i i I like I want to shout this game out because I want to see what other other people like come out and just be like, oh, I have, you know, I've made this about like working as a f- trucker or something. I don't know. Give me give me something bizarre because like there are so many different genres that go beyond like a combat based kind of thing and like solve problems in in new and interesting ways. Um, and I want to see those kind of games. It's like my same similar thing with video games where I'm just like, why does everything have combat in it? Like, why do I have to fight like 30,000 guys? Mm-hmm. But like the fun bit is just, is just talking with, with people. Um, so yeah. So, so shout out to, so blood, a uh, blood clot. Have a check out of that. There's, um, a bunch of fun things there. Um, but having said that, there is another game that exists that is that is being developed. Which one is that, Cole? That that one's Novacross, which is a game by Yuri Ronell and Sniper Serpent. And um it it is a very interesting game. It is a sports game that's also about having a ritual for Novacross. It is extremely fascinating. I actually need to pull back up that co-host link for it. Yeah. Just to it kind is- of read a bit about it. Yeah, it is. It's currently like, currently what's available online was something posted in like the the, um, the uh role plus bond Discord, uh, which was, uh, basically like this pitch for a game. Um, it is it is like we haven't read any rules, we haven't done anything like that. Um, 
Yeah, it's basically it's, a pitch document. It's Yeah. So for what we can figure out, it's a sports thing, right? That's the main thing I can tell. Based yeah. on conversations from Role Plus Bond, and then uh, part of the latter part of the premise. Um, so I'm, I'm reading from cohost.org. I'm actually going to make sure I add this link to the doc. The great animus, melody of the spheres, resides within everything. It manifests as specters and spirits, embodiments of concepts and ideas. And a decade ago, it disappeared from the galaxy in the middle of a game of Nova Cross. The world fell silent. Discord broke out among the different systems. Colors dulled, and the songs that carried our shared history lost their meaning. Meaning. Um, and from, just to kind of go from there... It goes on to say that Novacross became more corporatized and it became more. It, I think, um, it's like if football, from what I can tell, it's like if you went to a soccer game or a football game, and if your team won, you got uh your taxes got decreased for the rest of the year. Oh, that would rule. <laughs> I would care about football. But Nova the Nova Cross is supposed to be a capture the flag style game set in strange liminal places, played by people who can connect with the great animus to access spiritual powers. You must protect your own core core while trying to capture that of your opponent, taking up different roles in a team. Uh this is me again reading from the co-host doc. Um it is a sports game and also it's focusing on like the political and uh social intrigue outside of the game. You could be asked mm. to throw a game, you know? Oh, you could, I love that. <laughs> like, I can imagine that being entanglements of it. Like, reading... And, folks, this is the fifth time I've re- read through this document. And this, I think this is finally mm. the part where, like, I it clicks in my head. Yeah. Um, as heavy notes of just being inspired by Star Wars, Miyazaki, a little bit of ha- uh, haiku, which, if you don't know, is a volleyball anime. Right. Um... Uh, End statement is, it's going to whip, I promise. That's cool. Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, yeah. It's great. I'm Like, I'm sure there are other Forge in the Dark sports games. Because, like, it is, like, the whole thing about, like, Forge in the Dark is that, like, you have a heist and then you have, like, the downtime thing. Yeah. I haven't come across it myself. If anyone knows about, like, any good, like, Forge in the Dark sports game, please send it my way. Because, again, I'm reading this. I'm like, oh, I can't believe it's done. Um... Uh. I think there is one. I need to... I think... Extracurriculars. That's it. Uh, Extracurriculars okay. by Rev Rybred, a.k.a. Riley Hopkins, designer of Interstitial, Our Hearts Intertwined, and uh, If Not Us, Then Who? But Extracurriculars Extra- is a reverse simplified Forge in the Dark game. The point of the game is the downtime where you're meeting with your friends between classes and having drama at the lunch table, all because of a botched pass on Saturday. Is a game inspired by Haiku... Oh yeah. I'm yeah. trying to find it, but my way of looking for it is 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 just googling extracurricular and it turns out that's a phrase that people use often. <laughs> there you go. I dropped in the Google Doc. Alright, thank you. Mm-hmm. But it is uh, another like I I'd really love that sports games are being used uh being like a new focus, especially because it's becoming more prominent in the media of uh mm. you know how cool they are uh especially sports-based stories i like that this one focuses more on downtime 
and instead you're flashing back to the to the score you're flashing back to the mission that's great i i think that's fascinating i really love that idea i should absolutely get this mm-hmm. i think uh if i ever get do a charity stream i might run this as a joke <laughs> what? what do you mean as a joke <laughs> more it's just like a, like maybe not as like in that way but just like something to yeah. catch the other people at the table off guard be like hey guess what yeah y'all want to join my volleyball sports team we're rolling yeah. d6 let's bring it motherfucker <laughs> yeah just because it's so different to everything else it really is it feels really interesting um if you want to check this game out, it is fifteen dollars on itch.io. Um, this is extracurriculars. By extracurriculars, the by the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from one Fortune and Dark series of games, we go to another one that is near and dear to my heart. And yeah. Songs for the Dusk uh, just recently came out with a new update. They have maps now. They have a quick start guy. It is a fascinating Forge in the Dark game by Kavita uh, Paduri, and uh, she does a excellent job of. Uh, cha- really changing the tone of what most Forge in the Dark games are like, which are typically dark. Uh, you're out to get your score and stuff. And this is, in a similar way that Ryan is, is very community-focused. You're trying to build a place for yourself uh, among all these different factions, some which have ulterior motives, some which are empires trying to expand and take over areas. And the map has given it more description. It gives it more of a life that you can interact with and say oh yeah my character is from this area here or uh my character you know and tamaris is from the uh seraphim region where you can like uh say you've been to i'm clicking on the maps actively right now yeah where which I'm... is i, I... I want to quickly shout out that the, the, the map is... There was a previous map. Like, I have a, a, an old um, version of Songs for the Dusk. Mm-hmm. Um, but the new map has been ma- made by uh, Annie Johnston Glick. Um, also known as at Dan- uh, Dancing Roo on mm-hmm. Twitter. And it's... Um, I know she's basically worked on a bunch of... Uh, like, Friends of the Table-related art and that kind of thing. And I really like Nancy, uh, Dancing Ruse, aka Annie's uh, uh, work in a bunch of things. God, Annie makes some really great art, and it just like hits home really hard sometimes. Yeah. Oh, God. There's still some like uh, Seasons in Hyron art that I just, like, I will dig back just to find and look at again and feel emotions. Yeah, yeah, like, there's all these, like, uh, basically when, like, the end of Hyron, and we don't get into spoilers about that, but there's a bunch of, like, great art from the end of Hyron, which you should check out. Just follow dance, uh, Dancing Nuru mm-hmm. at Dancing Nuru on Twitter, because um, she does some amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really like her stuff. Yeah. Also, it's made a bunch of really good games that I have played in, and um, they are incredible. Some really good mech games and really good, like, letter-based games, which you should check out. But yes, mm-hmm. I digress. But yeah, Songs for the Dust came out with like uh, a whole bunch of really nice, uh, really nice art uh, updates to go with it. There's a quick start guide, which in case you can't tell, I'm a huge fan of, and it breaks it mm. down for good first scores for each crew type. Like the augers have a mission where uh, their whole, uh, it gives them like an entire area to go to in the Mistral Bay. Uh they get told to calm a sea spirit, 
which is interesting. They have different employers. They give you a whole list of characters to interact with and tell you how they work. A whole bunch of challenges to overcome, which I think is a really good way to write Fortune in the Dark missions and scores. It's just, here are some notes about the area. Here's a character that gets you the job. Here are some other characters you can interact with. Uh, and here are some optional things you can mess with. Or, you know, if your players throw you a curveball, give them a different obstacle based on that curveball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I should also mention that Quinn Floretto Vega is also part of the game design team. Quinn did a fantastic job also working on the game design for this as well. Yeah. And and the rough rough pitch for this, as I understand this, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that like essentially it is it is something close to a post apocalypse. I don't think that's exactly right. Um, it's sort of like like building up sort of societies and this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you go to a place like it says the world is littered with ancient machines running haywire, strange and exotic new life forms and petty tyrants, big and small vying for power. Mm-hmm. There is a, if you have read uh Nora Jameson series, uh, the shattered earth books, this is kind of a good touchstone for that, but make it a little bit more hopeful. But yeah, yeah it is. It is. The apocalypse has already happened. There are ruins of a, of an age of an era before us but we are we have already established societies we have already they're already like basically like country and uh empire lines throughout this one part of the continent but (laughs) things from the bygone era in a similar way of like horizon zero dawn still interact with the world that's my yeah, my my terrible reference. I know that there's like so many so many more like interesting kind of uh, pull points, but like when I was originally like planning this game and like I think I was playing it at once, um, and like trying to understand it, my thing was like, what is this game? It mentions like Destiny and all these other things that I haven't gotten, and my thing is like it mentions like Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm like, I played that game. I know what this is, mm-hmm. and I can sort of like picture a character in that mold, and that mm-hmm. was my that was my way in for it. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, really have to shout out the name chosen for like the player characters being called Striders. That's pretty good. Brave and pa- compassionate adventures. This is a yeah. I really like this game because it you build a character in this game, and this character cares about the world and cares about the people around them. This is yeah very much where like instead of scum and villainy, where you're just out there to get paid, or Blades in the Dark, where you're out there to get paid and cut out a piece of territory for yourself. This is one of those Forge in the Dark games where it's like, no, you give a damn. You want to make things better. You're not just playing vigilantes. Uh, you are playing people who will go out, find it, uh, help solve issues, and build up their community. And I I really like the feel of that. It feels very hopeful. I just got told by someone at one point that like the game feels too soft and too hopeful. I'm like, yeah, maybe it is. Fuck I, you. Yeah. I think, I honestly, because there is a lot of games out there. That are just like okay, you're gonna absolutely die playing this game. Like, I want to, I do want to play a gentle resistance system game, just because like I love the mechanics, I love all that sort of thing. But I'm like, I don't want to kill my character. <laughs> I don't want to like destroy myself through like doing these things. And yeah. so having a gentle thing is so much more refreshing. Um, and I think it's with Songs of the Dusk, like one of the things, one of like the big innovations that it sort of came up with with uh, Voice in the Dark games is looking at like the blaze in the dark idea of trauma so like when you overstress you get a trauma and when you get three traumas 
you're out. You can't play anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and Songs of the Dust like lessened that. And I think we we've talked about before that you've adapted that system into your game of um, of Fire in the Dark. Yeah. Um, the so when I Fire in the Dark was first pitched, I said, "Oh, you might think this is interesting." Also, this gave me more of a reason to speed run my character, stressing out more. But uh, that's yeah. beside the point. Uh, but Songs for the Dusk introduce quirks. They they actively are choosing words that uh, don't hit as harshly because when it comes to trauma, there is already like a heavy weight behind that. Quirks um, are different coping me- – actually, I'm going to read from the book here. Quirks are coping mechanisms developed by the characters to deal with the stress of doing the work that strikers do. When your character overloads, you come up with a quirk based on their personalities – issues and circumstance choose a quirk you want to see your character struggle with and when quirks get in the way they earn xp for it similar in how trauma works and blades and dark scum and villainy and the like but what's important in this to me is quirks are tough to get rid of but they are not permanent you can let them go through fictional action Mm. by spending that time and resource on a long-term project to let go of a coping mechanism either through terror uh uh, either through like therapy or treat uh, uh, talking to people, there are a whole bunch of different ways to do that long term project. But you can heal those quirks. Which in Blades in the Dark, it was if your character burns out on all four, you're done. You have to drop that character. Now you have a choice yeah. of I want this character to keep. I want to keep playing this character. I want to complete their story. And the game says you can do that. Here's your way to do that. Is it, am I also right in, in thinking that they also mess around with um, the way like harm clocks work? Because like it blaze in the dark, it's it's like you have to fill out like a four step clock in order to remove one level of harm. And like I think Songs for the Dusk, Dusk is like has an easy way of doing it, and that like in a downtime action, it just goes away or something if you just do the action. Uh, maybe uh, harm and impairment. I've. I could be wrong with that. Um, I haven't. I haven't read through this, the most recent version. But. Yeah. Um. I. Recovery and temporary harm. You can remove harm by recovering during downtime. This consumes one of your downtime actions, but reduces all inst- instances of harm by one level, clearing any level yep. one harms and reducing the severity. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Which typically is a house rule. Uh, for some blades in the dark game, so I don't think this is unheard of. I think the yeah. actually no, this is different in that you don't need to do a full recovery clock versus yeah. Blaze. But in like Dark. I, I I'm not really sure if Blaze and Dark has like alternate like healing rules, but it's good that like the main thing they're saying like this is the kind of game it is. When you rest you just like get rid of it. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. Um just because sometimes that's really hard. I will say this does feel make the game also kind of feel like a Saturday morning cartoon in a sense or like Mm. a Toonami show where, you know, you start thinking about like shows like She-Ra or uh, Avatar where like, yes, the characters have gotten injured, but by the next episode, they're up and running around again. Yeah. Well, they might have something like something lingering if it was like a major wound or something. Yeah. Which Which still makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Songs for the Dusk is like a, it is one of my go-to Forge in the Dark recommendations when I know the group I'm around doesn't want something heavy hitting, mm. and this game can be very heavy hitting, uh, if you want it to because empires suck, some civilizations yeah. are full of bastards. 
Most civilizations. Maybe. I think a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's very generous of you to, for civilizations. Have you played the game uh, Civilization? Everyone's a bastard, <laughs> <laughs> including that scamp Gandhi. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, apparently that was a myth. The whole like, if you if you get if you make Gandhi nice, he becomes evil or something. Cause yeah. It's like, from a zero to a uh, 100. That's apparently not a because thing. Because of a like bug. They just like left it in there because they thought it was funny. No, it's not. Apparently that was just a rumor that people said, but I love the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. I really, I, I it, and it's not the official release yet, or it has had an official release? It is not the official release yet. It is version 0. 0.6. Uh, I, I think, think it's point point five one. No, no, you're no, right, it's point right, right. six. It's the new one that just came out is point six. That's the one that came out with all the maps and the quick start guides. Yeah. Uh, I do want to shout out the crew play types as well. I really love the silvers. Silvers are thieves with hearts of gold. They get supplies from the wealthy to the needy by hook or by crook. Uh, yeah. Magpies are clever techs and scavengers. They salvage old tech and turn into new and helpful machinery. Like there are a whole bunch of really cool crew play types and cr- cool crew play books too. Uh, and like the character creation is very fascinating as well too. Just like how it can be like all these different kind of uh, all these different play uh playbooks you can play as, and then if you don't like an ability or if you want to, straight up you can be a cat boy in this game. Like it says, yeah, yes. it's on the cover. Yeah, it's on the cover. You can see a cat boy. <laughs> yeah, yo, if you want a game that lets you be a cat boy cat for boy. free, play this game. Yeah, I mean. I think it's unofficially the case that in any game you could be a cat boy. Like, what are you going to do? Shoot me? <laughs> <laughs> then get shot. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Tabletop RPG writers can't get me. <laughs> do it out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, but yeah, no. It's, this game does take a little bit to set up, and that's why quick setup guides are so important to me. Um, but there's also a great example of games out there where like, Hey, uh, we can't run our usual game tonight. You know, someone can't make it and we need them for a story. Is there something else we can do instead? Uh, uh, Marley, do you have any examples of games like that? That you can just uh, Songs of the really Dusk. Quickly? No, uh, <laughs> Songs of the Dusk is a Blades of the Dark game. So it would take a little while to set up. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know because there is there is a genre about this mm-hmm. um, where it's just like things to jump into. Um, I would say there are so many games that that don't quite. Um, I am caught off guard. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I was just like, do I have a game prepared? No, but this is basically our main topic where we talk about the the uh games that are quickly to set up like the list yeah. you have is like the quiet year and firebrands where it explicit- explicitly is like there is nothing you don't need to prepare anything to start this game um you kind of like jump in and then collaborate with other people and like play a game and let the story sort of form mm-hmm. um yeah and yeah yeah the reason why i put games like that up there is you they are a good example of games you can kind of read and learn to play as you read. Uh, the mm. game I think that does this the best has to be For the Queen by Muscular Pikachu, whose name escapes me at the moment. Hold on, I can get that real quick. Uh, <laughs> it'd be rad if it was actually Muscular Pikachu. 
Uh, it's Alex Roberts. There we go. Okay. But Alex Roberts make for the Queen, Starcrossed, um, really good romance games. But for the Queen, it is a deck of cards where like the first few cards you read explains how the game works and then asks you a whole bunch of questions that you can either answer yourself or pass off to answer for someone else to answer. And that game can be done in like 30 minutes if you want, or if you really dig into it, up to two hours, maybe even three hours, which is really fun and fascinating. Um, you can fill in more of the backstory of the world you're in by playing something like The Quiet Year or Microscope uh, mm-hmm. just to help set areas up if you need to step away from your main campaign for a little bit, which is always fun. Although, I will say I've never played a Quiet Year game that has been less than two sessions, or at least. like I uh, So Quiet Year is a game where you basically just like, you get prompts, you draw a fun map, as you collaboratively like tell a story about like a very very awful year for a, or a community, it's a quiet year, and yeah, it's and a- so it's a it's a rough year. There's a lot of like things happening, and so like prompts as you tell the story. It's a year of relative peace. It's not entirely a peace. To play, I guess. <laughs> Um, and I'm not really, I, I haven't, I've never really played For the Queen. Was that the one that the Friends of the Table played for yeah. uh, Rhoda Partisan? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and there are a lot of hacks for that, too, like Chasing the yeah. Ace. Um, uh, oh, God. Uh, something Divine. There is one where you follow your god on a pilgrimage, and then your god gets yeah. attacked. Or your god loses you, I don't remember. I saw something else recently. I can't remember what it was, but it was like another fun inversion of like what it was of what the story was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the basic thing is there's 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 a main character of the game, and then you play all the side characters around them. So it's like the queen or the ace and that kind of thing, and you have a story built around them. Oh yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Oh god, I, it must have been in the in the 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 role plus bond Discord because that's where I get all my news. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, if you haven't had a chance yet, go check out Roll Plus Bomb. We have a whole Twitch. Yes. Uh, we have a Twitch stream of all the anniversary games we've done, and you can check out all the VODs there. You can see games being actively playtested live in that way. And yeah, that's like where Fathom is being playtested currently, which yeah. I'm like, I have to get in one of those games. Um, if you want to find them, there's uh, the Roll Plus Bond on Twitter, which is at Roll Plus Bond, all full words. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there might be a link there. Yeah. If not, um, honestly, I think if you join the Friends of the Table Discord and then ask in the Tabletop Gaming Discord, hey, I want to join Royal Plus Bun, there is a high chance either one of the mods or someone in that community be like, yeah, here's the invite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, going to touch back on The Quiet Year, a game we've talked about a lot. It's by Avery Alder. You can find it on buriedwithoutceremony.com. Uh, the Quiet Year can be played in one session. You just have to do the Fleeting Year rules, which means you have to pull out 25 cards from the deck. I've done that. I've tried. I just... Like, the, the, the general gist is you draw a card, and then you spend, I think, like, five minutes discussing it. Mm-hmm. I always go over long. I think it's just how I play. I like to, like, over-describe things and, like, explore things whenever I'm playing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. It- Quick start rules do exist. They just don't help me. <laughs> It was fascinating because I'm I'm so so if uh again if you were over on Huntsman's Hydra on um the previous Sunday yeah. uh I think it was uh Sunday July thirty first I actually got to play Fire 
uh, with the Fire in the Dark cast minus our GM because they had to uh, be away at that time. We did a short little charity drive and we played The Quiet Year. And I was scared we were going to go over time. And I was pulling out cards to make sure we were at less than 25. But I only pulled out 15. Yeah. And uh, I will, I'm not going to lie. The setup was kind of scuffed. Uh, I didn't separate out all the suits, pull cards then, and then put them back together in order. I just kind of kept pulling and drawing cards until I got the right suit for the season. And then went through the entire suit again, shuffled the entire deck. All that kind of stuff. It, it, oh my god! Do not watch that to learn how to play the quiet year. Definitely watch it for the laughs because we have skeletons, we have ghost hotels, we have a man who swears to God he's going to make this place tourist popular and doesn't. Yeah, we have children who go missing. We have a giant yeah. cult. It's great. Um, we have a statue that well, grows is, it, is it your is it your perspective that the thing was filmed from? Uh, basically, uh, not our character's okay. perspective. But no, no, the, but like, like, was it? Were we watching your screen as you were like drawing more and more cards out to play it? Uh, no, we were watching the producer side. Uh, action works, but it, <laughs> you could still see the cards appearing. <laughs> just hear you click over and over again. Yeah, he was just yeah. like, "Cole, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Well, you see, I made a mistake and set this up in less than fifteen minutes when I needed like a full hour and a half." Yeah, yeah, I, but um, that's roll twenty. That's roll twenty. That's definitely a thing, but it is yeah. a really fun game, and yeah, it, the our our version of the Quiet Year. I have never done the Quiet Year, and it's based apocalyptic, apocalyptic setting. I have never played yeah. the game in that. It's always been something fantasy based, or we put our own setting in it. I played it to where we adjusted to where like D and D. Actually, I think I mentioned this in, like the first or second episode of uh uh inside the table where i talked about the D campaign where we stepped away from D and played it with our character still in the city but we played the quiet yeah. year with that um yeah but at this the, point I, oh, go ahead yeah i was gonna say like just a general i don't know like do we do we need to like explain this i always feel like i should explain everything just because people might be coming into this without having listened to previous episodes but like the the general gist is um the game starts with like the jackals have attacked you they have destroyed your city or whatever Mm -hmm. um and so you have one quiet year and at the end of it the frost shepherd which is like the jackals aren't defined and the frost shepherd isn't defined and a lot of games have a lot of fun talking about like uh what those could be and like what the metaphor is Mm -hmm. um the core the core gameplay is that you are like it's post-apocalyptic and so you know you got attacked by a gang called the jackals and the frost shepherds whatever they are or the frost shepherd um will come in to destroy it and so the basic thing is it's sort of like drawing cards that say like like events i think you get a choice between two like um like there's a young troublemaker or an old troublemaker or something like that or um like resources get damaged and like each of the the suits of cards are like a different season so you have you start with spring Mm -hmm. you go to summer which is like spring is like you know new life everything's sort of good and it gets better summer is like it starts to get hot i think people are like kind of happy and sort of partying but it's like a little iffy autumn is when harvest comes so it gets a little bit grittier and then comes winter which is fascinating because like there's a thing where like literally one of the cards i think it's like the king of whatever suit that is is the frost shepherd 
and so the the card the the deck is shuffled, and so at any time the frost shepherd might arrive and end the game prematurely. And so while winter is happening, just the worst shit is happening. Mm-hmm. Like you know, people are dying, things are exploding. You know, the food is buildings disappearing. are popping up out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's just like it, it sucks because it's just like if you play that game. Don't expect to have a like a, a, a together society at the end of it. Don't like play this game and just like, oh, I'm gonna have like a fun starting city. Like you're gonna have a wreck of a city <laughs> and then you're gonna have to rebuild it again mm-hmm. in whatever game you're playing. Um it's so yeah. So that's that's basically the, the gist of what like uh, the quiet year is, which is a great game. I really, a, really recommend it's it. Such a fun game. Yeah, we did our premise around, like, these are all people who were escaping the Unity War in Blades in the Dark. We were focusing on being a part of the Shattered Isles, and we had found a place to make a community. And I immediately said, there is a train there. And so this way I could use the incentives of, like, random events popping up. And, you know, yeah. at one point a skeleton came flying out of a crate, tipped its hat at everyone, and then walked into the acid pit that someone else had declared was in the town. Yeah. Just a, you know, just a funky little skeleton. <laughs> and they were never seen again. And No, they, yeah, actually, no, they never were seen so. again. Really? Okay. There was another gang of skeletons that came and harassed the town, and he was gone when they showed up. Eesh. I might play that skeleton <laughs> in a future season. Who knows? There's a skeleton There's, playbook. I, uh, speaking of, uh, speaking of, uh, furtive, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, uh, Seasons? Series? Skeletons? Uh, 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 f- f- what is... The, the people who made Ryan, they have a collective thing. Furtive... Hold on. Give me two seconds. Give me two seconds. I got, I, this, I, I got this. I got this. Well, while you do that, I will... Oh, Small Town Skeletons? Or the Skeleton Furtive Playbook? Shambles, they have Small Town Scamble, uh, uh They have a, a bunch of really interesting playbooks, uh, including one of them is a, a skeleton for Blades in the Dark, which is a lot of fun. I had one of them in my campaign, and I just loved it. Uh, but I think, yeah, they have uh, uh, the Small Town Skeletons, which is a game I haven't played, but it seems really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I was going to shout out the the Skeleton Playbook, where you can, I think, just play a bunch of music or whatever with your rib bones. Yeah, dance can, like, get a dog, <laughs> d- Get a dog to fetch your bones. Um, or you can have like two skeletons or something. It was a lot of fun. Oh, so yeah. if you want to play a skeleton, that's how you play a skeleton. Um. Well, I need to go send a joke to uh, my actual play group real quick, BRB. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, um, so so I guess a, a thing that I would like to bring up is that, like, whenever I play a quick setup game, as, as you call it, which the, the general pitch behind it is that um, you don't have to prep anything you don't have to do anything you don't have to like sit and be like all right this is the setting this is the world that it exists in Mm -hmm. i always prep for them i'm always just like if i'm playing like a quiet year or some kind of thing i'm always just like all right what is the context in which this game is existing like if i'm playing um i'm playing it as an intro thing that i'm like i know which system i always go to um i feel like we've probably talked about in the podcast before that i'm always just like I'm almost like reluctant to play a lot of quick setup games uh, for world building just because they give a lot of elements that like don't add to the system. Like if you play the quiet year before playing Blades in the Dark, 
then like i'm always annoyed because there's already so many things that don't fit or it makes uh blades in the dark which is already a very complicated game a bit too clunky because you're just like like how do i fit in this acid pit like what am i gonna do with that is mm-hmm. it a district and like you have to do like extra homework in order to do it and so yeah i don't know i'm always just like very careful about like if i'm playing a game to lead into it then what do i do there are there are times where I've just like casually played with friends, just like a we just like picked up um uh the quiet year just to sort of like play it and just like see what that's like with no expectation of where it will go. And that's been really enjoyable just because it's it's like you don't. Um but I don't know. My my own thing is that I always want to bring stuff to it if it's like a prep thing or if I like because like I generally come into like playing a lot of games to like tell a specific narrative or to like explore like ideas around a thing. Like if I play uh, Songs of the Dusk, uh, for instance, I would come in just being like, all right, how do I feel about Horizon Zero Dawn? Because that's my main touch point. And like, what are my issues with that? And what mm-hmm. are the things I like? And how can I sort of explore that? And similarly with A Quiet Year, I'm often like, I want to think about, okay, what is this? This is, it's kind of a city builder in some kind of ways. And so I'm like, how do I sort of explore that kind of thing? Because it's a game where you juggle resources and where you do all this kind of thing. And how do I feel about that kind of game? How do I feel um, about, like, For the Queen, in which, like, I would come into it as, like, a side character behind, like, some kind of a hero. Mm -hmm. And, like, I would, like, sit down and just think hard about, like, what does this kind of thing mean? Um and yeah i don't know i i don't think the game like really expects people or uh, i mean I, i'm sure some games really do but like my my general feeling is that i'm doing it wrong when i'm like pre- uh, preparing for it in that way <laughs> so yeah uh, i mean that's that's so like the one thing is like yeah you don't really have to prep for these kind of games but if you are that's not the wrong way to play that's just your way of interpreting the game that's okay like um i i don't i think the only time i've ever really felt compelled to do prep for a a quick setup game like the king is dead is if Mm -hmm. it's going to be for an event i think uh the first year of role plus bond i went out my way to like talk with everyone in chat like hey what are our five houses look like what is different about our uh realm where the king has died what is different or um yeah you know like sometimes prep is 30 minutes like five minutes to 30 minutes before the session sets off or you know it could be a couple days of like conversations going back and forth and making sure everyone's on the same page about touchstones about where you're going like i don't think that's a wrong way i necessarily don't feel compelled i typically pick setup quick setup games because i don't feel like thinking you know yeah I suppose it could also be just like my, like it is a game where you kind of go in without having like a sense of control of where the, the game is going and you like really have to go with the flow. And a lot of the time, I think I just probably have an anxiety over that. So I'm just like, I want to, I want to have things that I know I can do. Like I write lists of like things that'd be kind of fun to turn up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a game like quick setup games are very much like it's, it's often like in the cards or in the dice or whatever the, the system may be um 
we we I I quickly one of the thing one of the games you mentioned because you made this like fun little breakdown, um, is that you mentioned Fiasco, which is a game I really 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 like, mm-hmm. but is also a game which has like kind of annoying like uh a prep kind of thing because like Fiasco the pitch behind it is it's kind of like a Coen Brothers film or like a crime film where, uh you know there is a bunch of people with very strange connections after strange things and they play a bunch of scenes um to like mess around with it mm-hmm. um and the startup is great because everyone just rolls a bunch of dice uh and each of the dice corresponds to a column of like you know a column of a kind of relationship and then a specific thing like you could have a relationship and then it's like family crime co-workers blah 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 blah, blah. and so you can assign a a two to crime and so you put the two in that and then that has like a detailed like uh um you know cop and robber uh uh former thieves uh you know you know relationships that kind of thing and so you basically pick that out and it's kind of annoying because that phase takes so long there was there was i know that there was like a card based thing for that one where it's kind of like fiddly to it's like the the card based thing makes it much quicker because instead of just assigning dice you just like uh, throw it down Mm -hmm. um but once that that bit is my favorite way of making like character relationships in any game, but it just it's so long. It always whenever I play it, it sucks the energy out of out of the room. Yeah, which is very funny. It it takes a while. Uh, fiasco. I don't. I guess like my thing with like fiasco especially is, I I've never played it with more than four people at the table. I think. I think. I'm trying to remember. I have. That's probably where I went wrong. Yeah, probably. Um, I think Fiasco <laughs> is definitely one of those games where, like, you know, four is like when people say like four people is the perfect amount for a game. Four is literally the perfect amount of people for a game. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think it is. It, it takes like Fiasco is very interesting. I think I kind of threw that one up there because I was like looking at my list of games. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've definitely done it to where, like, it's taken, like, two sessions to play a game of Fiasco, or it's gone into just the one session. But uh, everyone's just trying to make quick moves. I still remember using Heist Dice at one point and had the wrong idea of how that mechanic worked and got myself What's into What's Heist work. Dice? Uh, Heist Dice is basically you can do a flashback and give a dice to someone. But oh, you cool. give them a uh, dice of whichever one they have least of. And my silly brain went, ah, yes, I will flash back, put my character in trouble. So I keep the heist dice with me and I can have an even amount of black and white dice. Uh, okay. If you know how Fiasco works, you want high numbers of one type of dice or the other because that yeah. gives you a more favorable ending. I went with the worst yeah. ending. I think I had a zero at the end. <laughs> yeah. That's very funny. Mm-hmm. It- yeah. I mean, that's also, like, one of the things with, like, to, to go back to, like, a, a thing we kind of touched on a little bit is that, like, Fiasco is, I think, a kind of old game. I think it came out, like, 2015 or thereabouts. That's just me saying a number. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like vibes-wise. Uh, vibes um, but it is... 
it is a game that is very brutal. Like, the end of it sucks. Like, everybody is doomed unless you get the highest amount. And so you could just be playing, like, the most happy-go-lucky, like, oh, we're doing a fun heist, we're doing silly little things, mm-hmm. and it's just like, your character dies in a prison cell. I'm just like, whoa, hold on a second. They were just, like, stealing candy or something. <laughs> like, like, no, this is, they're absolutely they're doomed. Incredible. And so, like, it's it's one of those deeply, like, like heavy games that like has that and they have like alternate rules to that but it's still oh my god Mm -hmm. they even tell Um, you like death isn't the worst thing to happen to your character something worse it's like one of the best like oh god the quiet year is weird i haven't played that game in a while yeah god that and follow follow i haven't played in a while either what another game where things can go horribly wrong <sighs> and that one's even got like worse chances too. A game where everything can go ho- horribly wrong. Uh, I mean, horribly wrong in a very specific sense that like the the mechanics make it kind of rough. Um, as opposed to like you know a fun blaze in the dark thing where it's just like oh all the rolls go badly and it's kind of fun how it goes wrong. Um, I don't know. Write in, I guess, if you have any ideas for this. <laughs> Um, Casket Land. We talked about that last week. Oh, Casket yeah. Land famously ends with everybody dying. No one survives two sessions. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good example. Um, which is honestly like it's one of the 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 things that makes Casket Land difficult to talk about. But like, yeah, it is it is uh one of the one of the more interesting things about it too because there's no progression because you just die. Mm. Uh. Also, I was thinking Dread, which is the yeah. uh, Jenga tower, but like you spell Jenga different so they don't get sued. Um, where you basically like you have a Jenga tower, you pull things from it, and if the tower falls, someone dies. You know that kind of thing. And so it's it's primarily a horror game, and it's rough. It's like very intentionally like one of those games where it's just like yeah, that kind of sucks. You die. It's like a core part of it. And you can probably like change it so it's like a different consequence. But like the core thing is you have the the, the drama of losing a character. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. Yeah. So Marley, what um, have you been up to? Uh I haven't. So we have we have a document where we read all these things. And my thing is nothing really. <laughs> it's I wrote working quietly on some collaborations and portfolio stuff in the background, updating CV stuff like that. So that's fun. Oh yeah, that is. <laughs> uh, uh, I might be playing Blood Clot with uh, Nick Duff as part of the 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 Blood Clot play test, Ooh. which I'm excited for. Yeah, I spent so much time. I spent so much time trying to make a character for that. I'm thinking. Like I want to play, I want to play a vampire doctor because that's an option, and I'm thinking of Vampire, the video game, mm-hmm. um, and you know that kind of vampire where it's just like very, very you know emotional and you know that's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I'm not really sure when that's happening. That could be this afternoon, could be next week. Um, it's sort of up in the air. Um, and yeah, follow me on Twitter for more. That's 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 uh-huh. what what you can do. At minor underscore Lenahan on Twitter, um, and that that's what I'm up to. But you, you've got you've got two things listed. Um, what pray tell are those two things? Well, I talked a little bit about it, but over at the fire in the dark on July 31st, we did the uh quite uh the uh quite hmm, 
fiery year in the dark or the fire in the year or something like that. I forget the name. Forged. Forged in the year. Forged in the year. Do, wait, was there an actual name? There is an actual name. We did pitch an actual name. Oh. We did put that in the Twitch title. But basically, we got to play the Quiet Year, and it was really fun because I got to introduce the system to three people who had never played it before. And oh, great! I and I went and made it messier. Um, <laughs> we had like skeletons come in, demanding a discussion of why there aren't hotels for the uh, spirits coming in. Uh, we had children going missing. We had Bone Mafia. I put in some incentives for that game, and I still I was I even confused myself at the end because I was asked what some of the mystery clocks were that I was going to start running at some point. One was yeah. the skeleton's queen arrives, followed immediately by the skeleton queen arrives. And if you did what? not <laughs> exactly <laughs> the skeleton's queen, and then the skeleton queen. Two very different people could have shown up at the same time, but I left that That's as an incentive, funny. and honestly, I kind of wish I uh, had rolled a dice and been like, okay, this is going to be a 20-step clock now, and every time yeah. someone does something involving bones, that will move forward every time someone interacts That's with cool. But it That's was, game design. That's game design, baby. But it was a very fun game. Uh, it was a nice little break before our finale, which is coming up this Sunday. For a fire in yeah. the dark, it is going to be our season finale. We are going in for the home stretch. Um, please give us a listen on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Podbean over at Huntsman's Hydra if you want to know what the story is so far. Uh, as of Sunday, RGM put a countdown timer in our Discord chat, and I have never been more anxious in my life. <laughs> yeah, I am very unsure of what's going to happen. I have already dropped a joke that my character will be a skeleton by the end of that session. And maybe for season yeah. two, who knows? You already have a playbook. So. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot of ideas. It's great. Um, yeah. But yeah, that will be uh, Sunday, Jul- uh, August. Wow. August 14th at 2 yeah. p.m. Eastern. Which will be a couple days after this comes out, I think. I think. Depending. But yeah, you'll, you can find us on twitch.tv slash Huntsman's Hydra. You can follow us on Twitter to get updates about that. What about you? And the epi- uh, you, you, the 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 name of the the stream, the 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 fire in the dark thing is fire in the dark plays the quiet year. <laughs> so I didn't think there was a fun title. There might have been in the actual stream. I I can't listen to it because I'm currently recording a podcast with with you. Yeah, with OPS. Uh, I can probably find it real quick. Yeah. Uh, actually, no way. I think I have it as a thread title. Uh, well, let me know because yeah. <laughs> I want to hear the fun. Um, gosh, uh, hold on. I can probably find it in a little moment. Uh, talk to people about everything else while I find it. Uh, sure. Uh, well, uh, after Cole gets back to us, this will be, ha- will have been Inside the Table, a tabletop RPG talk show. Um, and thanks very much for listening. Um, I was Molly. You can follow me at minor underscore Lenahans, and my pronouns are he, him. And I was joined today by Cole. I'll, I guess yeah. I'll introduce you. Uh, you can follow uh, them at Ice Cold Brew, and uh, his pronouns are he, him, they, them. Uh, you can also follow this podcast at Inside the Table. Uh, mm-hmm. Do a five star review on Apple Podcasts. I haven't checked them. I I don't know if, if people have been doing that. I know primarily people listened on Spotify. Uh, but if you have reviewed on Apple Podcasts, thank you. I'll try and find a way of checking that out for for next time. Yeah. Um, I, 
Yeah. I could not find it. I think it's a uh Right. <laughs> the I think we just called it uh as a joke the fire the fire year or something like that, but we kept it to our own channel. That's good. I like Fire Year. Fire Year's a good one. Yeah. Um, um But yeah, thank you so much for reviewing the show. And uh recommend the show to a friend. If you are a teacher's assistant in a college course, instead of playing music for the class, play this. Oh god. Let them hear this. That would be my nightmare. (laughs) If I, I mean, if I was in that class, which I'm not going to be because I'm not in that kind of class. uh, But yeah, if you're in a very strange situation where it doesn't seem like you should be playing a podcast, if you're on a bus and you have like a bunch of like kind of loud but not very high quality Bluetooth speakers, play through that. Let everybody love our (laughs) audio quality through that way. Um. Uh, also, if you if you have any uh, questions or or game recommendations, like literally send them in. I would love to check out some weird games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, send them inside uh, to at. No wait, I keep doing this. I got I got the Twitter of my brain. It's inside the, <laughs> the table. table at gmail dot com. Um, Again, that's inside the table at gmail dot com. Yeah, we have capital letters, but I don't think that matters. No, it doesn't. Um, and yeah. Uh, I would say uh, that would be really cool. It's always fun when people write in, mm-hmm. like that fun person who wrote about uh, saving Vladimir Putin or whatever that was, oh. that weird spam email. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, also, I have a new call to action, which is every day is Five Star Friday here at Inside the Table. Um, if there's a game you like on Itch or on... Drive-through RPG. There's drive-through RPGs. Um, um, how... Uh, supplements you like on DMs Guild or um, yeah, if you on their websites on their websites, there's like many many other websites you can go to to review games. Leave a five star review, yeah. or if you're listening yeah. to a podcast you like, it doesn't have to be just ours. It can be many <laughs> of them. There are many actual play podcasts. Leave them a five star review. Tell them what you like about their show. Yeah, like we have inspirations every week. It's always fun to f- hear about new things and find new things. Mm-hmm. So if you literally just like tweet something, like say, like just tweet us randomly and just at us, and we will probably like check it out and see what it is. And that would be kind of fun. Just because like I love really weird things from that I wouldn't expect. And so, yeah. So, so do a five star review. Let us know about interesting things. Yeah. And. And yeah, thanks very much for listening, and have a lovely day. Goodbye. Goodbye. I I quickly, I've never actually explained this, but it literally says G apostrophe B-Y-E at the end of all of these planning documents, which is why we always say goodbye. So yeah, goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. I'm going to roll this back. Um, I'm also going to pull up Songs for the Dusk. Funnily enough, instead of looking at Songs for the Dusk, I, ow! How did I do that? Ow! I just fucking clacked. Did you hurt yourself? Yeah, I fucking clacked my teeth. I clacked what? and scraped them against each other. How do I do that? You're rearing to go. <laughs> Apparently. What the fuck? Ah. All right, backup's going. Okay. Uh, oh. See, so we're not doing songs of the dusk. What? No, What's I'm. Happening? I was. I'm still doing songs of the dusk. I just got distracted today looking at the brightest things we know.
Oh, the brightest. What is that one? Uh, that's where Gazelle's that? like Forge of the Dark Hack. That's Destiny Warframe based. Where uh, instead of getting scars, you get memories of your past life. And when you get all of your, uh, when you take four memories, you go back to being just a regular person. You can no longer be a a, a, a I... hero. I have this. I have read this. It's one of those things. It's just like it's familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want. Is that the one where you can get like abilities from other like playbooks? Ah, uh, that's a great. Hey, you know what kind of a like you can get it from like other systems or something. I probably. I remember my friend Halcyon was probably about. maybe. That's a great question. Let me find out. Uh, update notes. All right. It's the brightest things we know. That's why it's not turning up. Yeah. There we go. Oh, God. How are you doing? How's everything going? I'm good. It's been it's been a week. God damn. <laughs> oh, I think you're thinking about the uh, heart playbook, where you take something wise from another Forge of the Dark playbook, or the bear. Yeah. The bear is something wise. The harp is something musical from another play- Forge of the Dark playbook, or something charming. Something intuitive or yeah, something pilot-based from another uh, Fortune Dark playbook for a compass. Yeah. Magical for Unicorn. Cooperative for, for the twins. All these are very interesting. I need to go back and re-look at this book. I was actually wondering yeah. if I could like do a Power Rangers, like Sentai-type uh, one-shot campaign using this type of game. Yeah. My, my issue is... Um, that I don't. I've played Destiny once and have zero memories about it. I played Destiny two and was just like uh, I did all that. And so I don't like I don't feel the connection that a lot of people do. Like that's my thing is like I I like it, but I just like don't quite get the inspiration. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, there's literally a thing on the first page that says, "Hey, I haven't played Destiny or Warframe. What does X mean? Don't worry about it. What does that word or phrase mean for you? Invoke for you for your group? Blah blah." blah. Yeah, it has Destiny 2, Warframe, Mass Effect, Left 4 Dead 2, Gunbuster, The Castle of Cas- Cagliostro, um, none of which I've really played. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, Ugh. yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. I have a very nice ice pack against my lower back. Which oh, is- it's hot. Oh, yeah. No, it's also there for cooling. Yeah, I know what ice packs do. I know. It, I, listen, I'm very tired. I've been extremely out yeah. for like the past 72 hours. Can I tell you about like the fucking week I've had? Weekend? Sure. So, let's start with uh, Saturday. I get home from work around 4 o'clock. There, we have a game coming up in about 2-3 hours uh, for one of the leagues. And I am just hanging out with some players, uh, chatting with them and such. And uh, we're watching some other people play. We're watching our highest level team play. On Twitch. I get a message mm-hmm. from one of the players who then jumps in the call and says, Hey, are you freed right now? Do you know if we have another player available? And I said, Why? He said, Well, the guy I was supposed to play with, uh, his his house got hit by lightning and it fried his modem and his router. Whoa. And I That's an act of God. Yeah, seriously. God didn't want them to play. <laughs> Basically, that's what I said. Uh he was okay. Wow. He did not get struck by lightning. Or uh, electrocuted yeah. or anything. But he, uh, 
I went back and looked at the availability form. They were the only two people that could play on Saturday night. And right. I said, well, shit. Um, and then from there, we went to, uh, I immediately started looking at, like, free agents, tried to find people we could pick up, said we need to pick up someone soon. And we mm. got, the guy who came into the call said, I know one person because he, we were just scrimming against him. We were just playing against him. I was like, great, what's his name? Is he eligible? And we just, we signed this guy on in less than 30 minutes before they had to play their, okay. atone, their actual match time. Which means they had to be warmed so, up in 20 minutes or less. What I was hoping you were going to say is like you were going through the rule book and you're like, oh my god, there's no rule that says a dog can't play. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a very talented dog to play with them. Yeah, so we got a really talented dog and put him on a keyboard and mouse. <laughs> yeah, I would kill for that. Oh. Like Even if they're a bad player, it would just be good fun. Just watching that stream where it's just so confused. Is that going to be the Airbud reboot? Airbud does esports? I I am surprised I haven't done it already. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google Air Airbud, Ebud. That's what it's gonna be. Um, I, Airbud Esports is a Twitter channel. Twitter channel. It's a Twitter account. Airbud Games. Hold on. Let's look at this. There's nothing. Airbud Esports. There's nothing in the rule book that says a dog cart game. Amazing. What is this? Uh, is this a video game? No. I think this is just a joke account. Oh, there's a Facebook thing. I think this is a joke account for sure. Uh. <laughs> there's nothing in a rulebook that says a dog can't game. Ninja XQC Blevins. I like it. It implies that Ninja is his actual first name. <laughs> Which I don't think is the case, unless I'm very wrong. Um, I hope this becomes a big thing. I hope they go pro with this. They joined in uh, September, uh, October 2011, so that was a while ago. For man, that would be cool as hell. We had some fun stuff go on over the weekend, though. I'm I'm overall mm. okay with how things have turned out, but also. I would like to not have them happen again. Like, even once we're done with this recording, I have to go talk to the franchise manager and be like, <laughs> uh, hey, let's talk about what happened this past weekend, because we need to figure out a plan. Because I also woke up to one yeah. of my high-level players that played on Sunday going to the next-level league, which is great for that league because they need players, but also fuck for our league, for that league he just came from because he was the top performer. Yeah. It's good I would go up to that play and you're like, just play worse. Just just for a bit. Just no, us. that's sandbagging and that can get a fan. <laughs> that's that's bannable. Yeah. <laughs> we had a whole situation where a championship team lost their championship title because it, it was revealed that their franchise manager was telling the players, hey, start losing scrims. Do not, like, start uh, throwing games that count towards your ELO so you can stay in this league and then take the title. Cole, no one will know. It's just like it's just on a podcast. It doesn't. No one will know if you just like to say, just play a little bit worse. It'll be fine. You know, you say that, but then we start pulling evidence and uh, screenshots get thrown around and this and. It's not like there's going to be a recording of this. God. <laughs> uh, 